You're listening to Kingdom Lives. We're not theologians by any means. We're just a couple guys that love the Word of God and we're living out our calling. A salvation testimony and men's topic show right here from the Central Valley. And the structure of our marriage was going to fall apart if we didn't do something about it. And my wife suggested we try going to church. Now let's join our host, Jonathan Olson and Cody Halk. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Kingdom Lives Radio. I'm your co-host, Cody. This is Jonathan, and today we are going to have a discussion that is uh, about blessings, about what they look like, and um, kind of highlight the difference on blessings and stewardship. So I'll, I'll kind of open this up with, I think, is a sort of misnomer that is you know perpetuated a lot in maybe personal circles. I, I think a lot of churches do a really good job of highlighting the fact that blessings are not winning the lottery or having the car of your dreams or the house of your dreams or the the spouse of your dreams that's this perfect person that doesn't require any work or any of these things that we might attribute to being a blessing right away according to a lot of scripture doesn't doesn't really jive with that the the blessings are more in line with people that are mourning that are in a state of loss that are in a state of not having anything in their life so all they can seek is god those are often outlined. Even in Matthew, it kind of outlines a lot of those um, as being more of a blessing. And then there's there's the opposite of that, that, you know, there's scripture that says a rich man or threading a camel through the eye of a needle is more likely to happen than a rich man getting into heaven. That's an interesting scripture all in itself, because yeah. if you actually look at what the eye of a needle was, yeah. and they're not actually talking about like a sewing needle. A sewing needle. Yeah. It's actually really cool. I invite you to go and unpack that a little bit. It's actually really interesting when you look at it. So what I what I think is, um, you know, I, I've I've had people in my life. I've got situations where I am. My first instinct is to say that I'm very blessed and that I I do glorify God and and the things that I have in my life, and I'm very thankful for the things that I have in my life. But I have had people come and say. You know, for example, my, my wife stays at home with the kids and she gets told a lot, well, it's such a blessing that you're able to stay home with your kids. And and in a respect it is, but I, I think what's a little a little more difficult to deal with is how that developed, right? And you know, for me and my wife, we we lost our first son. He he was she was 38 weeks and six days pregnant. So we were, we were expecting her to go into labor anytime. And we found out we had lost him. So that was, um, a very difficult time for us. That's in, in my testimony, that's, that's the place where it all started. And for our situation, if you want me to give you a, a list of our blessings and everything, the blessings are, much more difficult in my life. Uh, one of the one of the hardest things that my wife and I have ever had to do was to find God in our loss. You know, a lot of the things led us to God, but then at that point we kind of had a little bit of a responsibility to go back and reflect where was God during the loss. And then you know, I, I had a grandma tell me that it was uh, it was my grandma, not just a grandma. She told me that everything happens for a reason when I told her that I had lost my son. And that was the last thing she said. It's all part of God's plan. 
So later, once we had established our faith and we're walking in Christ and we're doing all this stuff, we're trying to figure out what part of God's plan was that. And we were able to come to the conclusion that as difficult as it is to acknowledge and as tearful as the conversations are to have about that, we had to come to terms with the fact that losing our son may have been a blessing. And that's hard. That's not something anybody is ever going to want to say or acknowledge or anything in that regard. Everything that happened as a result of that was the way that we handled those situations. It was the stewardship. It was the guidance from the Holy Spirit that led us to God in that. But in our current situation, you don't see any of that. What you see is a life that you might say, oh, we're very blessed. And I would argue that it's a result of stewardship and humbleness and service to God that we lay it all down to God. And, and what people see is, is stewardship of provision that I think God has given us. What they don't see is the loss and the turmoil and the things that caused us to not have anything to fall back on to where our last resort was to seek God out. And I know in my testimony, I feel like I can confidently say that I would not have been in a position to seek God and to find Jesus Christ and allow him into my heart without the loss. And I feel like that's, if I can conclude that, then I, I must also conclude that that loss was a bit of a, uh, a bit of a blessing. And so I, I kind of wanted to just break this down a little bit with, um, with you, Cody, to see what your thoughts are on the idea that, you know, the blessings are these situations that we feel hopeless. They're the situations that break us down the most, that result in the most refinement of us. Well, the last few weeks we've, we've been in Matthew, yeah, right? And th this conversation is just going to continue that today yeah. because Jesus says in Matthew, blessed are the poor in spirit. And I unpacked that in a devotional a little while back. It was not talking about the, the broken down. I mean, it was, but when you unpack the poor in spirit, what he's really talking about there is emptying of oneself and filling of him. Right. You empty your spirit and you take in his. And what is, what is our purpose here in life, right? Show me in scripture somewhere that it says, your purpose in life is to start this business or to start this ministry or to go on this mission or do X, Y, Z. Right. It's not what it says. Yeah. Our mission and purpose here on this earth is to glorify God. And that's going to be a journey throughout our whole life. Yep. And our end goal is heaven. There's no end goal of successful business or $50,000 car or big house or even kids and family the different things that we can put up on this pedestal yep. and eventually idolize because we can, you know, God may put that in our path and say, okay, I have this business for you that I want you to start, or you're going to have this family or X, Y, Z, but we can put that before him yep. and say, okay, God, you said you're going to give this to me. Now this is what I worship. Yeah. When it's actually, maybe he did give you that, but the purpose of him even giving you that vision was, so he could do all of the things in your life that it's going to take to get there yep. and prune you for that. But that wasn't actually the goal. The goal was in order to have this business, 
you're going to have to become more responsible with your finances. Right. You're going to have to give up your gambling addiction. You're going to have to spend more time with your family yep. and raise your kids in this way or w whatever it may be. Right. And all of that, much like you're saying, is is the blessing in it all. Yep. Well, and, and you know, if we just take an example like that, I think we should, as Christians, we should really work hard to find that silver lining in everything, to find a way to recognize where we can find joy in the fact that God is working in that situation. And, you know, for that example, if you, if you take it a little bit and say that, you know, you feel like God led you to start a business and you start that business and then through no circumstances that are your fault, that business fails, you lose all your finances, you lose your home, you lose your car and you're, you're stuck with nothing, right? But you feel like you led, you walked in the path that God put before you and you answered that. Like there, there are real situations like that where people are like, well, God told me to start this business and it failed and now I'm bankrupt. And that's, that's difficult. That is very hard to accept for people. And, and I, I can say that I can't fully acknowledge whether or not I would be able to recognize that perhaps that's God working. And maybe 10 years down the road, you're called to start another business. But now because of that experience, you do have the responsibility with the finances. You do have the discernment and the diligence to not be so frivolous with certain things that you're much more frugal with your situation. And it wouldn't be until you're 10, 20 years down the road that you'd be able to look back and say that the only reason this business that I currently have is successful is because the previous one that I was led to do failed. Right. And I think there was a um, there's a thing that I've talked about in our fellowship group before when people are struggling. And I may have mentioned this on an episode before, too, but I'm not I can't remember. So um, but if you can take a scenario like that, let's say that you're that person that started a business and it failed and you've lost everything. If you can take that scenario and imagine a scenario further down the road where now you do start a business and it's successful because you learned all these lessons from that failure. And then you're able to glorify God 15 years from now, but you're not there yet. That should show you that the way God works is so much more complex and so much more of a mystery. But even you with your human mind can discern that there may be a greater good at work in your failure. That should be able to allow you to find peace and comfort in it. Not that it will. We're, we're humans. We're not great at doing this, especially when we need to do it the most. But we do find in our life when we take our hindsight perspective and look back that a lot of our failures, a lot of our loss, a lot of our turmoil and our mourning and all of these things lead us to be a stronger, more pure thing for Jesus Christ. And the reason I would talk about this is because it's in my life, that's, that has by far been the most difficult thing in my walk, in my faith, to acknowledge. Is, well, let's take a look at this ministry's existence, yeah. for example, right? Are we sitting here today having this conversation without you walking through losing a child? Exactly. Without me walking through drug addiction and adultery and all of the different things that I've walked through. Right. And God, ha God taking that and redeeming that. 
and us being faithful in that calling that he gave us and drawing us near to him and now us walking with him and calling us to, as we talked about last week, go back and shine a light on these areas. Right. I think it's really um, something that I've kind of related to the story of the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, um, and something that I've I've had to struggle with because of where I am in my faith now. But I, I two years ago, I could confidently tell you I was the prodigal son. I was I was the one that walked away. I strayed. I did all the things. I squandered my life to the point of it being at the point of destruction to where I was going to lose my marriage. I was going to lose my home. I was going to lose all these things. And so what did I do? I came looking for God. I came looking for our father. And so I was that prodigal son. Right. And and I think that you can probably relate to that with your testimony as well. We had the opportunity growing up to never stray that way. And I, I still did. I still chose my own discernment over God's. So I'm that prodigal son and I come back and I see that God embraced me. Jesus Christ came into my heart as though I had never made those mistakes. And I found joy and comfort. Like, I'm this prodigal son. Look how much Jesus loves me and all this stuff. And what struck me, and I've had to come to terms with it, and I don't know that I fully have any of this figured out yet, but it seems that at some point you have to, it doesn't seem to sit well with me that we would be the prodigal son throughout our entire rest of our life. At some point, we're going to move. Hmm. Right. And and trying to um, trying to reconcile that has been a little tricky. Like, I don't I don't know when when that happens. Well, how how commonly are we seeing it now? We were having this discussion earlier about some of these pastors that are accused of false teaching and different things. Right. Now coming to a place of repentance and saying "We're, we're sorry for going down this road. And you see Christian brothers putting a heavy yoke on them and questioning their repentance, saying, you haven't shown me enough, whatever that may be. Is that, is that what Jesus asked of us when he, when he forgave us? Well, I mean, what was Jesus asking for during his crucifixion? He was asking for his father to forgive the people that were crucifying him during that. Forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Can you imagine if... You're in a situation where you're being trampled and beaten. And in the midst of that, you're able to lay down every bit of your physical self and just reach out to God to ask him to forgive the people that are currently kicking you. That that makes me emotional a lot of times when I really think about it because it's so profound and unheard of in in our human nature that it just – it it strikes me. It strikes me every single time. And and I feel like there are, you know, you coupled that level of forgiveness with the story of the prodigal son and, and the fact that, you know, as soon as the prodigal son returned, what did what did the father do? He he threw an extravagant party. And the other brother wasn't happy about it. He wasn't happy. And if and if we take what that means, that's God potentially giving you provision and showing you how welcome you are and Jesus Christ accepting you and, and giving you these things that, that help your faith. And then your brothers and sisters maybe are like, I've, I've been serving Jesus Christ since I remember my entire life. I've never strayed. I've never done anything wrong. And I can't even hear you right now. Yeah. 
I've been praying for weeks for an answer and I've got nothing. And this guy comes in from doing drugs and infidelity and all these other things. And he comes in and asks for forgiveness. And suddenly you're giving him a ministry. But then when do you become the brother? You know what I mean? Like there's the parable kind of stops at the party. And it, you know, it's, it's that, you know, there's the explanation that you get afterwards that it's, leads into the 99 and the one. But once you're back into the flock, the goal is now to, I don't know. I, it's And I think it's important to also put yourself on the other side of that as well and also guard your heart when you are the one and you feel that judgment or see that judgment from the other brother. Right. Right. To not hold evil in your heart towards them, right? For their feelings as well, they they seem justified, right? It's easy to justify those types of feelings, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I mean it would be taken in a personal scenario with the actual parable of you being a father and you have two kids. It's easy to understand having kids that yeah, your kid returns safe. Absolutely, let's have a party, let's yeah. celebrate that. And then what do you do? You got to sit the other one down. And say that your inheritance is still intact. They didn't squander anything of yours. They squandered their own. And all I'm doing is letting them know that they're still welcome in the family. Yeah. But you as the brother that have been the faithful servant, everything that was ever yours is still yours. And that's, I think that's easily missed because now that I'm, I'm, you know, a few years into my faith and into my walk, I'm finding that situation that like, it's not so easy to recognize God the way it was when I first gave my life over to him. And I think it becomes less easy because our responsibility grows in that same regard to uphold our faith. I think, I think in my personal experience, I don't think, I don't know that my faith could have been established without God showing himself in the way that he did. And maybe not everybody requires that. But we were talking earlier, and, you know, I've, I've always had a respect for people when I was growing up. Not always. I developed a respect as an adult for people that were able to exhibit a tremendous amount of faith in the face of, you know, being made fun of or bullied or any of that kind of stuff. I always, I always thought it was crazy to exhibit that kind of faith. And that's the same person that sees me who's all like, you're crazy for exhibiting that kind of faith coming later and being like, I'm going to establish my faith now. And then suddenly your life's poured out on. Well, let's talk about what scripture says about the reward and the blessing for that. Also, right. You look at the parable of the talents yep. and what that reflects. And I invite you to go back and study and take it to prayer for yourself is that exhibiting that level of faith and obedience to God does not result in a blessing of more stuff or more money or whatever. Right. It results in an increase in responsibility for the kingdom. Yeah. And having to faithfully steward that. Yeah. And that kind of ties us right back around to here we are sitting in the studio recording a show for a ministry that has, that we've both been led to independently and we crossed each other's paths to lead to this which is very much something that 
you know, God gets all the glory for that because I, I couldn't have devised a plan to get us here right now. It would have had nothing to do with ever being on the radio at all <laughs> or even having a ministry because all of those things seemed so unattainable when my faith was starting, when I started my walk with Christ. It wasn't even, there was nothing. And just let it be, a, again, a, t- a testimony to the amazing things that the Lord can do. And again, all glory goes to him, but both of us are less than five years into our walk. Mm-hmm. And what has God brought us from to this point yeah. in such a short period of time? You know, I, th- I think there's something I, I kind of want to, I want to cover this a little bit with something that I found myself doing a little bit early in my, in my Christian walk. But as humans, we tend to try to apply a methodology to things like this. Like we, we, like it would be easy for me to come and say that the reason we're sitting in this ministry now is because we gave our life to Jesus Christ. We gave everything in our life, including our spouse, our family, every, all our finances. We give it over to him. And as a result, he's given us a ministry to do, which is a responsibility and all that kind of stuff. But by by asserting that, we've ascribed a methodology now. And and I think by ascribing a methodology of saying, like, I do this, and as a reward, I've been given a ministry. I think that takes away from the glory of God and the way he works because it's not anything we do that earns us anything, right? And that goes back to what we were talking about. It's not anything that – there's no action I'm taking that earns me more favor from God. It's the fact that I seem to have laid my life down for the service of the kingdom of God that I've now been giving a task. And I think that's the same for you. But I think we need to be careful when we talk about these things because it's easy to say that it's because of anything I've done. That it's easy to say that I somehow have qualified myself through my own actions to do something in the, in the name of the kingdom of God. When I think that all it was is that God, I was, I was a candidate for something that God needs to establish here. And I'm doing my best to not drop that mantle, but it's a very high responsibility. It's a very, it's to me, it's something that I have to give it over to God because I start over, over analyzing everything. But I, I've had people come in my life before and say that, you know, there's, like, what are you doing? Because you pray, you tell us about these prayers that you have, and then a couple of weeks later, you tell us how the prayer was answered. And I've been praying, and I can't hear them. So you've you've got the ear of God, and that kind of stuff. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous to say that, and it's dangerous for you to entertain it at all, and not just be like, "I've done nothing. I've done nothing." I'm glad that God hasn't condemned me for the things that I deserve. And and it's it's. It's hard to have those conversations sometimes, right? I, I personally had that experience probably about two months ago mm-hmm. with a brother that reached out to me. And um, I had posted a video on Facebook talking about my walk a little bit. And he comments or starts private messaging me and said, I'm, uh, you know, you're, you're so strong to be able to do this. And I'm proud of you. And, and I turned it right back to God. I said, it, it's absolutely nothing that I've done. It's mm-hmm. it's all just God working through me and me being in submission to that. But then they press on, 
right? And no, you had a part in it. You had to make this decision and this decision and this Don't decision. Don't diminish your own efforts. D- d- exactly, yeah. right? You have to give yourself some credit. You can't open and entertain that door at all. No, I, I, it's dangerous. Because that is just all Satan needs is, you know, yep. an inch of that door being cracked open to slither through yep. How good and start does to it plant feel that seed. When, you, when you're like, yeah, you're right. I did do. I did, I did work really hard. Yeah. It feels great. And that's the problem. So, I mean, I, I think we can kind of close it up with this, um, you know, just be careful of, of what you think a blessing is because a blessing may hurt. And, and I think it's a lot more in regards to what your stewardship is towards those blessings that are painful that you, you use the stewardship and that can maybe be what people are referring to when they think that you have a blessed life. You have a ministry, you have this and all this. Well, before, before we close up, I'll, I'll share a personal experience with that in a short time. So I may have shared here before, if not, it's in my testimony that uh, roughly three years ago, God planted the seed for this ministry in me then and was opening some doors to to start this happening, right? And I spoke at a, a men's conference. I shared my testimony with our men's conference, five, 600 men there. And as soon as I walked off that stage, the deepest, darkest feeling hit me of struggle and isolation and I fell into a two-year depression. And it was one of the darkest, darkest times I've ever went through in my life. I was completely separated from all of my brothers around me. I'd reach out for help and no one would reach a hand back. And it was just one of the harder than drug addiction, potential divorce from my wife, anything. It was miserable. And I'm so thankful today that it happened because one of the smaller parts of my testimony that I talked about was my dependence upon other people's opinions and, and acceptance and all of these different things. And And that was broken for us to be here. That can't exist because there's going to be people that listen to us talk that are going to completely disagree with the things that we have to say. And the internet is an ugly place (laughs) and there's going to be people that attack you and do all of these different things. And if you let their opinion hold any weight, that seed is going to plant and it's going to blossom Yeah, and it, you, you can let that overtake the work that God wants to do. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that on the next episode. We can uh, talk about the, uh, the bearing of fruit that's written about in Matthew, whether it's a good tree or, you know, bears good fruit. Or, yeah. So, so just to wrap that up, I mean, it was one of the biggest blessings of my life that he took me through that. And a year ago broke that with, I needed to release that and stop letting other people's opinions affect me and solely lean into him and what he has to say and his promises that he gives us. Amen. So yeah, that's where we'll wrap up today. Uh, If you guys want to continue to follow us, we we have a morning devotional that we put out every morning on our Instagram page at kingdom.lives. You follow us on Facebook at kingdom lives, YouTube at kingdom lives, and also at www.kingdomlives.com. So we thank you for joining us for another episode this week, and we will talk with you next week. God bless you guys. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of Kingdom Lives. Don't forget that you can catch us every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at Grace 91.1 FM here in Central Arizona, or you can live stream at grace911.com. We're a listener-supported ministry, and you can give to support our ministry at www.kingdomlives.com. Thank you again for listening, and God bless.